We are some of the Star team. I'm Nancy Fielder, editor at the Star. Um, we have various people who will introduce themselves on the way round. Now, because Sheffield has had well quite a bad run over the last couple of years, but then a little brief good run, and then no football at all for quite a long while. Chris Holt, I'm going to go to you. And I've had no complaints this week about favouritism, so I'm wondering which club you're picking to start with to talk about. Who are you going to go with first? Um, I, I don't think there's much to shout about for either at the minute. Um, I'll start with I'll start with United because we had their press conference yesterday and they're they're playing Derby County tomorrow at, at Pride Park. Um, the biggest news from them this week, I guess, is is Paul Heckingbottom has come down with COVID and so he's not going to be at the game tomorrow, um, unfortunately. The good thing about this sort of thing happening now, I guess, is that um, modern technology means that I don't, maybe we don't even need managers at all anymore. He's he's going to be at home, and the uh, from what we can gather, the analysts are going to be keeping him on top of everything that's happening in real time or as best as they possibly can. Um, but Stuart McCall and Jack Lester are going to be the ones who are looking after things on the sidelines at least as they go there. Um, it's a pretty big game for United. They they obviously had that big break, as you mentioned, there just over Christmas, and, and they were back in action last week against Wolves in the FA Cup. Um, that was obviously a defeat for them. They were knocked out of the cup, but these, it was a fairly decent performance. They looked like a team who hadn't played for a while, and hopefully they, they kind of shook off that lack of sharpness um, in the FA Cup match and get down to the bread and butter of, of the league this week against Derby. Chris, I'm a bit nervous about you thinking that you know, I don't need a manager. Do you remember what happened when you know, I didn't have any fans in the stadium? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think probably, it's all hands on deck. I'm probably doing Paul Heckenbottom a disservice there, to be honest. They do need, they do need a manager. They definitely um, do. Go on, tell us a bit about the Isles this week then, last week. So it's been fairly quiet on, on the Isles front in terms of playing because they weren't in the FA Cup, of course, because they were knocked out in the first round by Plymouth. But they're back in league action tomorrow against Plymouth again, actually. Um they're having their press conference today. So we'll hear from Darren Moore for the first time in quite a long time, actually. And within that time, there's been a fair amount happening. Now, Wednesday have been linked with a number of players. Obviously, the transfer window's open now, and so they're able to bring some players in. But the biggest thing that happened this week, or certainly the tail end of last week, was Theo Corbinou deciding that he didn't want to be at Wednesday anymore, and he cut short his loan spell from Wolves to go to MK Dons. And... um. As happens with these sort of things, he was made to look much better than he actually was. He had a decent match for MK Dons in the week, uh, which only further annoyed Wednesday fans who felt that he should be staying on. Now, as is his right, he can cut it short. He hasn't played probably as much as he would have liked. He's been playing out of position a little bit. However, um, I don't think he's as good as Wednesday fans seem to think um i don't I think, think he'll be in... anything at the minute though chris well no that is that is true I, I i don't think he's going to be as big a loss as they think he will be um however what i will say is he was one of the very few exciting players in the team and when he and when he turned it on it did feel like something was going to happen and so it'll be a miss with that in in that regard but if wednesday bring in somebody who's actually going to play in the position within the system that Darren Moore wants to play, then I, I can, I can take that as a positive. We'll, we'll see anyway by the end of the window. Okay, good stuff, Claire. Your team looks after breaking news and a lot of the grim stuff that goes on in Sheffield. Is there anything in particular over the last week that stands out for you? 
Okay, we can't hear you. There you go. One of the main stories this week for our team was the sentencing of a man um, for life, for murder. He stabbed to death a dad of three on the Manor Estate last year. Uh, drugs was at the, the root of this, as is quite often the case. Um, yeah, so the, the killer, Ross Turton, was ordered to serve a minimum of 25 years behind bars before he could be released. That was one of the main things. It's quite hard, isn't it? I think we all talk about knife crime, we all talk about gun crime, we all talk about gangs and kind of Sheffield struggles with all of these issues. But actually, when you speak to the family, when you see the family in court, I mean, these are awful tragedies for a lot of people, really destroying families. It's quite sometimes hard to get that across to people when they go, oh, yeah, another gun crime, another knife crime. Do you, yeah. do you feel the same? It's a, it's a tragedy for, for both sides. Um, you know, we've got a young... A young man who had three children, he's been killed, grieving children, grieving mum. We've got the killer, he's effectively lost his life too. So his family, they've also lost their son. You know, some people may have sympathy for him, may not have sympathy, uh, but at the end of the day, there are going to be two, two grieving families, really. Absolutely. And the Star's done a lot of campaigning about not carrying knives. I mean, it just never helps, does it? I don't think there's any ever a situation where having a knife only makes things better. Have you got anything else grim and downbeat for us, Claire? What else have you been writing about? What's your team been looking at this week? John, tell us a bit about the Hewitt court case. Yeah, so earlier this week, um, a man and woman, um, man and wife, uh, Craig and Lorna Hewitt, um, they were found guilty. Uh, of basically false imprisonment. They um, they kept Lorna's son, he was a vulnerable man, he was autistic, had various health problems. They kept him um, locked up in their attic, basically. Um, the emergency services only found out about him when, when he collapsed. Police and ambulance turned up. He weighed six stone. His bones were basically protruding through his skin. He was that malnourished. Um, the couple that, that, that they denied denied false imprisonment. Um, they were found guilty. They're to be sentenced next month. Yeah, it was a really awful case. And again, the star was the one we've covered it right from the beginning. But actually, it was good that it got some national coverage. I know all the sort of tele stations, all the national TV um, stations covered it because it was just such an awful, heartbreaking case. You, you, yeah, it's absolutely devastating. And they were well known, weren't they? Around sort of Walkley Crooks area, I believe they, they were. were. They were well known. Uh, Craig Hewitt actually used to run uh, a neighbourhood watch-style crime group in his community. Um, he no longer does that. It's not been active for a year. Um, but yeah, he, he was very well known. Yeah, absolutely. Beth, have you got anything a little less serious that people have been looking at online? Beth looks after our digital audience. I don't know about less serious um, because the top story this week is on the Andrew Gosden case. So two arrests were made in connection with the disappearance of a South Yorkshire teenager. So that's been the top story this week, but maybe a little bit less um, severe is a story about a new Lidl that's set to open in Sheffield. Um, that's been really popular this week because it, Lidl is in battle with another bargain supermarket, Aldi, um, over the kind of the area in Rotherham. Every Lidl and Aldi seem to be next door to each other across Sheffield. Anyway, wherever one pops up, the other one seems to pop up. So I'm not quite sure if this one has caused a fuss, but it is creating a bit of a ruction between Sheffield and Rotherham, isn't it, in terms of who should get what? Definitely, and I think a lot of the people in the local area are saying they don't need another supermarket at all um, because there's already lots of supermarkets in the area. So it'll be interesting to see which supermarket actually comes out on top. 
Yeah, I suspect both, but we will wait and see. Lee, so your team looks at P um, politics and writes some of the more in-depth features. And what have you got top of your list this week? Yeah, I mean, it's been a busy week on the politics front, uh, more so in, in terms of the national picture, really, with all the you know parties going on at, at Downing Street. Um, I mean, I wrote uh, an opinion piece on it earlier on this week, um, you know, just talking about what a mess the whole situation is, really. Um, you know, it's, I mean, there's been more revelations overnight about two more parties that they had at Downing Street, you know, the night before uh, the Queen had to go to Prince Philip's funeral. Obviously, she had to sit on her own in the church away from all of her relatives, you know, and, and loved ones. Um, meanwhile, the night before, you know, there's dozens of people having parties inside Whitehall, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible, really. Um, just makes you wonder how many parties they've actually had throughout the whole lockdown. You know, the revelations are coming out almost every day now. Um, you know, we've, over the course of the last two years, we, we've had people leave at our place, you know, but we've never had a party for them, unfortunately. You know, it's been difficult for everybody, but... You know, the restrictions have been in place um, because, you know, it's supposed to be a joint effort between everybody to try and get past the pandemic. Um, and it seems like the majority of the public have been sticking to the rules, except for people actually within government. Who made the rules. There's there a lot of anger around it, understandably, isn't there? My son said to me this morning when I said, oh, there's been another couple of parties. And he went, if I wrote this for like school, they'd be like, oh, it's, it's unrealistic now. Stop being silly because it just keep coming out. I don't know why at the very beginning they didn't just go, do you know what is, is what we actually did? But they, they didn't, did they? Yeah. Tim, what's top of your list this week? Um, well, I was going to mention uh, Boris as well, just as Lee was saying about overnight. Um, it's uh, been revealed that... Uh, yeah, James Slack, who is a Sheffield man and uh, studied journalism in Sheffield, was it was his leaving party, wasn't it? So, uh, so Boris is right at the top of the list. Um, the other one that I'd seen, um, well, that we've covered this week and really over the last couple of days, is the uh, options for the ski village, the former ski village in Sheffield, which is a real uh, sad sight at the moment after all the arson attempts and, and everything else that's been going on. But there's been so many um, different... Uh, possibilities coming up for that so hopefully we've now got this uh, this international first um of the skyline luge i think it's called possibly to come to the ski village who knows whether it will happen but we really need something doing with that site i know there's lots of problems in terms of access and everything else um uh, but but yeah just something there that would would bring people into sheffield and provide something that that we don't have elsewhere so uh Keep an eye on that one. Um, there are possibilities, maybe exciting times ahead. We'll see. So when we were designing the page for that, so that's in Friday's paper, and I've got to be honest, somebody who's not in our team but works for the same company was designing it, and they went, oh, Nancy, as if that's going to happen. Sheffield likes to come up with these ideas and they're all just pie in the sky. <laughs> and it is hard as a born and bred Sheffield, I think we would all agree, it's kind of hard when you see things like that. You want it to happen and we're right behind it, but flipping it, we could do with some actual action, couldn't we, and some real things on these absolute key sites. We won't start on John Lewis today. We won't start on the city centre. <laughs> but, yeah, I know if anybody's watching this feels a little bit cynical. We try really hard to back this city, but sometimes you've got to be a little bit optimistic. 
Thank you very much, everybody. It's been an interesting week, some really bad news for Sheffield, but also some nice positives, um, as we've said. A football win this weekend or two, perhaps, Chris? No. <laughs> Shake your head. Right, That's, positive. I, I, I am positive. Two wins this week. Two wins. Absolutely. Right, we'll have all of that in Monday's paper. Thanks, everybody. Speak soon.